This week's Premium Pete Show is brought to you by Target. Target is partnering with HBCUs to support the next generation of black talent. One of the ways Target is teaming up with HBCUs is through Target's HBCU Design Challenge. Okay, let me put you on. It's where HBCU students submit designs to be included in Target's Black History Month collection. Now, let me tell you, winners also receive a cash prize, equipment, mentoring, and networking opportunities. This year's winners are from FAMU, Bowie State, and Hampton. Check back during Black History Month to see the latest winners' designs that will be featured in Target's 2022 Black History Month collection. Internets, celebrate your legacy. Invest in the future. And do me a favor. Visit Target.com forward slash Black Beyond Measure. One more time. Visit Target.com forward slash Black Beyond Measure to learn more. Thank me later. Internets, before we get to this week's episode of the Premium Pete Show, let me talk to you guys real quick, okay? First off, thank you. Thank you for always rocking with me. For people who've been, who've been down with me since day one, I truly appreciate it. If this is the first time you're listening, welcome. The Premium Pete Show, I want you to dig in the catalog. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube, but the audio is years of audio. The YouTube is kind of fairly new. There's some great behind the scenes and full episode clips and tell a friend to tell a friend. But make sure you also subscribe to the, all the different, wherever you listen to podcasts, okay? Because let me tell you something. If you don't know, the Premium Petro catalog is deep. From actors to entrepreneurs to athletes to everybody from the underworld to the stars of Hollywood. And I'll tell you, it's not only about me. It's about giving to the people an opportunity to get some gems, get some inspiration, and learn. That has always been the objective of the Premium Pete Show. The Premium Pete Show is for the people. So I say, listen, if you're listening, open up your Twitter app, open up your Instagram app, or even email me, whatever it is, at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show, okay? And check the fuck in. Wherever you're listening from, I love, listen, internets, we got listeners all over the world. In the States, out of the States, again, I'm going to say this. I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys from rocking with me since podcasting since the days of Combat Jack. My late great brother, I miss him every day. Rest in peace to the real pod father, Reggie Osei, Combat Jack, okay? You know, I really want to thank you guys too for all the support for my sauce. For those of you who don't know, Pete'sPremiumPastaSauce.com. Should I say any more? Pete'sPremiumPastaSauce.com. We sold thousands of jars all over the world, okay? We're starting to talk about being in different stores, internets. Go to Pete'sPremiumPastaSauce.com. Make sure you follow Pete's Pasta Sauce on Instagram. I got my daughter running that, okay? Internets, it's a family affair. Please, if you mess with me, show some love. Drop a heart, drop a comment. Tell a friend to tell a friend or order some because I promise you, any dish you make in your house is going to taste incredible and smell marvelous. Pete'sPremiumPastaSauce.com. I also have a hot sauce. Go check that out. GrandezzaHotSauce.com. Man, what a crew we got over there with that. And I really look forward. We're in 7-Eleven, Home Goods. We're in a couple other stores in LA. Internet. There's a lot of things going on. And if you follow me on social media, you'll see I just announced, this is even weird to say, that I've been casted in the film Don Q alongside Armand DeSante, the legendary I mean, there's a bunch of people in there. Gary Pastor, uh, Vinny Pastor, um, um, Chuck Zito, um, Armand DeSante. Uh, uh, listen, okay? <laughs> it's amazing for me to sit here and say that I've been in a film that I'm taping right now that I have a bunch of scenes, not just one scene. And a lot, most of all my scenes are with Armand. I don't even want to spoil it. Insane stuff. And I'm... Listen, I respect any craft, so I'm not going to sit here and say I'm an actor, okay? It takes time to study the craft. But for the opportunity, I look at it this way. If I if this movie comes out and it's beautiful, at least I got an opportunity to my crazy journey, my crazy resume to say, yeah, I've also been in a movie. Because I sometimes can't believe from where I came from to where I am today. And it's not about only money. People only look about money and what you materialistically got. No. 
Trust me, it's not that. It's the little things, okay? It's it's insane to me to say that I'm I've been casted in a film, okay? Especially around Armando Santa. This guy been a hundred films. One of the just one of the great the way he rehearses. I got so many stories. You know, it's funny. Shouts to Steve Monterano. If you never checked that episode out, trust me, that episode is powerful. Shouts to him. He told me, he said, cuz, write a book, write a book. And I really want to because a lot, I don't even tell some of the stories that I've been through. A lot bad and amazingly, a lot really good. Um, you know, anyway, I, I'll say this again, if I'm in the film and it's just one film. God bless what an opportunity to add to my crazy resume. But if it keeps on going, then let's go. Because sometimes life pulls you and you don't ask questions. If it's not, not something negative, go with it. Okay? Internets, I do want to say this. Throughout this time, I know a lot of people are working three times harder, making three times less. Okay? Just because you're struggling, you're not failing. Okay? You're not. Don't give up. Use your... Use your use your the down the you know the downfalls as lessons, not mistakes. Okay, and know that you're not alone. If you're going through anything, find at least somebody to talk to. Okay, trust me when I tell you that. I want to send my peace and blessings and love to everybody's family. I'm just thankful. I'm thankful, and I I got a bunch of more premium Pete show episodes. We got a target out in the front. Make sure you support that. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Internet, listen. I don't know what to say anymore, except that I'm thankful and I truly appreciate anybody who has supported me worldwide, okay? Truly. This week's episode, the legendary, okay? The James Baird Award winner, the chef, the entrepreneur, the restaurateur, Chris Shepard. Let me tell you, Bum B put me on to Chris Shepard. First of all, the ideas this guy has in his head for restaurants, what he has done in Houston, Texas, and, and, and I'm sure it's going to be more of the world than where he came from to where he is today. Truly inspiring. I love restaurant tour episodes. I love the gems they drop. Let me tell you something. Chris Shepard talks about his philosophy on food for agent for fresh ingredients, how he creates his unique concepts for his restaurants, one-fifth, you know, in Georgia James. And listen, how he's constantly updating menus based on what ingredients are available and what it was like winning the James Beard Award. And if you don't know about it, you'll understand once you listen to this episode. Internets, as always, peace and blessings and love to you and your families. Don't ever stop believing in you. Don't ever. Okay? Now let's get to this week's episode of the Premium Pete Show with chef, restaurateur, entrepreneur, and just a good fella. And shouts to my brother Bun B for connecting me. The one and only Chris Shepard. Let's get to it. Cheer! Internet, you're listening to the Premium Pizza. Yeah, it's my dad. Enjoy. Internet, welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Sitting down here with a very good fella, okay? We, <laughs> after the conversation we just had, I got to say good fella. Yeah. Um, you know, some people, there's so many things people could call you. I mean, I'm gonna, honestly, I'm going to call you an artist. Um, you know, James Baird Award winner, which, is, which we'll get to, which is very special. Yes. Um, Founder of some of the best cuisine, cu- yeah, cuisine. Now I'm sounding like Brooklyn too much. <laughs> Cuisines and Houston. People may not know this, okay, and we'll get to it. But Houston, and I think Bun has mentioned this to me before, but it's like the third or fourth most. Like I forgot what there was a magazine that came out like visited or dined place in the. Yeah, um, Houston is the we dine out more than anyone else in the country. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Shepard. Thanks, th- th- thank you. I thanks for ha- thanks for having me on. Well, right off the bat, I want to you know you think about Chris Shepard, and we'll get to who he is today. But we think about you. Where were you born and raised? I was born in uh, Grand Island, Nebraska, but I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Nice. And for people who will listen, who say may have never been in Nebraska, no. what is that like growing up in Nebraska? I mean, we moved when I was very young. Got so, it. but I grew up in the summers. Going up there to see my other family, but you know, they're uh, they just changed their state motto. Um, it's Nebraska. It's not for everyone. And I was like, that's actually really brilliant because <laughs> people are going to be like, it might be for me. I don't know. So I, mean, I got to try it out. It's like the forty sixth, you know, on the tourism list of places to go in in as far as states go. So nobody really goes. Um, but it's beautiful, nice people. But uh, I grew up in Tulsa. 
for the most part, and then I moved here in uh, 95. You know, you think about it. When you mention, like, growing up in Nebraska and saying that it's, like, the 46th most visited, no, like, we're making least this up. Least visited? But, I, I, I mean, least visited. Yeah, that, that, that nobody cares, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we're not saying that. But then you turn around and you say somebody that came from Nebraska is a James Beard Award winner. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we could go through, we're going to go through so many things, but yeah. that alone to me is where you came from to where you are. That, does, that means you could do anything. That's how I feel. Yeah. I mean, just put your mind to it. Yeah. It's all about work, you know? You know, your first experience with food as far as like really liking something, is it like something mom cooked or something dad cooked? Or? You know, I think the opportunities and the availabilities with food growing up um, were definitely there for me. You know, my mom cooked all the time and it was I was always in the kitchen with her, um, you know, but, uh, you know, it's it's one of the, the cookbooks in my home that I, I cherish and it's a... Um, Mickey Mouse cookbook from like 1976, 77. Um, and it's the one thing that I've literally carried with me my entire life. Everything else is gone. But, um, what are some of the recipes? That yeah. are in there? But it's just like scrambled eggs or fried eggs. And then it's like, you know, you go through and it's, sure. you know, it's nothing that I would use ever again. But like, it's to me, it's like as a child, um, sit laying on the kitchen floor, you know, looking through cookbooks, but that was the one. It was like, oh, look, it's Pinocchio. Oh, look, it's, you know, Mickey Mouse. It's like, and so that was very instrumental to me. And so, like, for me now, when, like, I have a chef friend that has a child, um, I try and find these, the same book. You know, they're out of print, but um, you, you can find them still, and I, that's my always my gift to them as, as kind of like a becoming a new parent. It's like, at one point, Share this with your sure, daughter. This or your is, son. It, yeah, check this out. It's a nice gift. Mm-hmm. You know, even when you look back at, you know, was dinner something that everybody gathered around the table? Five thirty. Yeah, it's crazy. Five thirty. Right. Yeah. Let's go. Dinner's being served. Yeah, my dad would take the bus downtown, and so uh, at five twenty, the bus would pull up, right, and it was out in front of the house. Even though I don't know how they got it to do it because it was like a city bus, but we we're in the middle of a neighborhood. But, <laughs> like, so we knew every time, every day, it was like, boom, this is what time dad was home, and so dinner was ready at that point in time, and so everybody'd be waiting at the table for pops to get home, and you know, <clears throat> it was uh, it was kind of a special thing. So w- would he ask, or, you know, kind of like because I remember when my pops did that, and mm-hmm. he would ask like how everybody's day was, yeah, you know, or what they did or what 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 happened. I honestly feel like that was a chance for me. You know, I don't want to go too much into this, but when we think about family, um, you know, the bonding level, especially for people our age, you know, I say, to, you know, I say to myself, you know, their parents weren't the most love up on them, yeah. right? Um, but the dinner table for me was a place where I felt like um, I had a chance to really uh, just yeah. communicate with my family. My dad's a real quiet, you know, he works in computers, and so he just, you know, he, I always said, you know, back in you know the days a computer that we have now would be like four rooms <laughs> of computers and it's just noises and beeps and things. So from radio, uh, yeah. radio shack. Is there any radio shacks out here? You ever uh, heard of that? They weren't closed not too long ago. There was one right next to the, one of the restaurants, but <laughs> now it's a donut shop. Um, but I think he'd get home, we'd have dinner. He'd say what he needed to. Hey, how are you? He's, sure. he's a very soft spoken sure, sure. being and doesn't, you know, um, but my mom and him and we'd all sit and talk and it, it was good it was good now was mom like any specialty dishes she cooked that that you remember lasagna oh, nice. always awesome you know and uh she makes something called swiss steak and i still don't know what it is but you know grilling burgers chickens my, i grew up in a family where uh we always we go buy a half a cow and there was always a half a cow in the freezer and so it was, you know we work our way through that so i got to eat all the things that you know Seven bone steaks and things like that. You're like, what is? I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Now, like, you see it at a, like, what is that? Yeah, seven seven bone steaks. <laughs> Where did you cut that from yeah. on an animal? Like, I don't know. You know, it's funny because you think of a young kid, you know, growing up in Nebraska, then Tulsa, you know, and 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 just really, you know, you have to think about later on, like like all the 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 influence that was on mm-hmm. you. Forty four farms. Where I was talking about that. Yeah. I'm a kid from Brooklyn. I know forty four farms. Yeah. You know, I I I think it's incredible. Of, of 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 their their conglomerate, um, yep. and I know you use forty four farms at a lot of uh, your restaurants. Which let's be honest, we're talking about this is this is this is from real deal, top notch stuff. Yep, it is. Um, but how do you get to know, like, you know, 
each day I'm sure, you know, you learn something new, but at the end of the day, you're a seasoned veteran, you know? Mm -hmm. But when you think about like, you know, something like 44 farms, like you're getting the best to provide the best. Yeah, so it, it, it went back to like growing up in Tulsa and we go out to a little city outside of Tulsa called Bixby. Um, and that's where all the, there was the farms were out there, and so we would. My mom and dad would take me out to the farm on a weekend. Then Sunday afternoon, you're shelling peas or shucking corn or hulling strawberries to preserve or what have you. Um, and when I moved here, you know, I started working in restaurants, and and, and I was at a restaurant called Brennan's, uh, which is part of the Commander's Palace family in New Orleans. Um, I, I kind of just looked at the chef, and I was like, hey. I know we got a lot of farmland around here. Can I go try and find some farms to buy from? Like, cause it, it shouldn't be as easy as just picking up the phone and ordering from a produce company at night. And he was like, yeah, we'll give you a budget, go. And so on my days off, I would just drive around the outskirts of the city. You know, and you'd see a little sign on the thing that say tomatoes here. And then you pull up and there'd be like tomatoes and a scale and then like a coffee can. And you'd weigh your tomatoes, and then you'd put the Drop cash in it. Yeah. yeah. And it, but it always would be, you'd end up going up to the house and knocking on the door, and then all of a sudden you find out this guy's got four hothouses filled with tomatoes out here. He's got corn. He's got this. He's got that. And it's just like a home gardener that just kind of got out of control. <laughs> it's like, pretty awesome. Like, I can't, you know, I'm growing way more than I could ever use, and so then we'd start buying from them, or we'd find a feed store and be like, where are the farms at? And they'd show us. And so we'd end up going to the farms all the time, and that kind of set me down a path um, to if we're going to buy something why don't we buy something seasonally and support the economy that we live in sure um instead of just like picking up the phone and so at that point was it the easiest thing to do no but was it the right thing to do yes and we just continued that and now it's gotten to the point like when we opened when i opened underbelly when, when we opened underbelly in 20 classic 2012 yeah classic um the uh, idea and the goal was to showcase um the flavors of houston mm. because people even in the city don't know the food here because houston is built on freeways and if you live in sugarland or katy or the woodlands or clear lake you drive in on a freeway and you pass all these neighborhoods that are in in our city so you know, if you're going on I-10, all of a sudden, well, if you just got off and you went a half a mile up, you'd be on Long Point and you'd hit Little Korea. You know, you see all the little Korean restaurants. And then, like, I think Long Point is probably the most diverse city, street in the city because you can start off with one of the truest forms of Mexican cuisine at El Hel del Guense, where it's like spit roasted goats and mm. lamb barbecue or lamb barbacoa. And then next door to that is Ving Thai, really killer Thai place. And then it's like Honduran, Salvadorian. And then all of a sudden you hit little, you know, the little Korean part of our city. <laughs> you can have anything you want, you know. And then, you know, down south you can get, you know, the southwest side of town is, uh, you know, a lot of what we call Asian town. But it's, you know, we also have the second largest Vietnamese population in the country. So, but we're Chinese, Vietnamese, Indian. So, when we talk about European cultures in the city, it doesn't really exist. Right. And so um, but I wanted to showcase those kind of those those restaurants and that food that we've learned from, but using only whole animal and local produce. So we would just basically write the menu every day from what the farmers dropped off. And like Tuesday was cow day. And that's where 44 Farms came sure. in because we started off using a Wagyu producer. And Wagyu as a breed take about three years to fully develop to maturity. And so a small farmer, all of a sudden he's doing a whole steer a week. Well, that, that, yeah, the math doesn't add up. Seem right. And so like, we found that we could really kind of just put a farmer in hurt by the, the rate that we were going through product. And so a friend of mine, Jason Schimmels, who works, he just started working for 44 and they just started coming on board. I was like, look, I want to buy a whole steer every week. And he was like, all right, we'll make it work. God bless. Yeah, and that's so great. they did. And, and we went with an entire, you know, every, every Tuesday, a thousand pound carcass would show up. Wow. We break it down. Thursdays were two to three, 250 pound pigs. Fridays were goat days. Saturdays were whatever our, our poultry farmer. I didn't care. Just bring me 20 something. Could be 20 ducks, 20 rabbits, whatever breed of chicken he's doing. Um, and then produce pretty much all the time, and then seafood all the time. But it had to come from our waters. 
So, you know, it's 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 interesting. This is why I call you an artist because uh, it's uh, displayed like that. You know, mm-hmm. especially dining at your restaurants. I mean, it's an experience. Yeah. You know, you think about you growing up and your knowledge of food to where you are today. What what to you today is, is a great you know dish like your favorite dish today like something that you really personally like well it's something funny like uh victoria who's our pastry director just a victoria yeah um and she's she's been with me uh, since day one at underbelly um and we oh, just gee. literally having a conversation a few minutes ago about we really do peasant food well mm. right so if i get asked to come do a dinner where it's a thousand bucks head like we kind of struggle with that you know, because it's like, how do we show that value? You know, because we want to do chicken thighs and do it in a very familiar way to us, a very Vietnamese way where people don't really understand it. Or we want to do a Korean dish or we want to do a Middle Eastern dish. or You know, we want to show, showcase our city, but that's the food that we're really good at. And so, like, if you said, like, what would I want to eat all the time? Like, I just want to bond me. Sure. You know, I want a Vietnamese sandwich or I want to go, you know. I'm very simple in that, right? And so I can understand from the bottom to the top and and that was uh you know but i do i want to eat foie gras and truffles and no not really sure sure it's not something simple something yeah something simple but sweet but nice you know where it comes from the soul that's exactly. what i want i want food to have soul you know you mentioned underbelly uh mm-hmm. and then there's like a conglomerate more that comes after that yeah. right yeah you know one thing i remember bun b um, and it's funny because, you know, you think about Bun in Houston. He's like the unofficial mayor of Houston. And this guy... Man, he should run, actually. A, he, yeah, should he should run. Which is crazy because he, he's a, a big fan of you. Listen, yeah. okay, obviously you're a friend. Yeah. But <laughs> this guy has mentioned you to me so many times. <laughs> One time I remember him calling me and telling me... Um, that you got you to see this concept of this guy. It's crazy, you know. And you know where I'm going with mm-hmm. this. How do you even come up, if you could explain to the world, like, how do you come up with an idea for a restaurant like that? One-fifth? Yep. And explain to people wh- <sighs> All right. wh- what uh, that, that is. Because this Cause follows... that's art, my friend. That's art. Yeah, this goes into like a story. Like, it's, it, it, it's hard to follow, yep. but then you, you, if you can get inside the head, then it's really easy. Right? So we were three years into underbelly maybe four four yeah so three uh we were three years in underbelly and i started looking like okay well we're gonna have to do another restaurant at some point right do i want to do one because we already have hay merchant which is connected to underbelly love hay merchant i used to see bun uh with had the chicken fried steak or something yeah. on, on, on football sundays yeah, we, that's the fucking tray was the size of someone's head <laughs> yeah. like that it's where it we awesome. watch texans games yeah. you know or any sporting event like that's where we go um, and so we had Hay Merchant, we've got Underbelly, and um, man, I was doing an event somewhere and I got a phone call. And they said, hey, I want you to keep this real quiet, but would you like to look at this building? And I was like, yeah, which one? And they said, well, it was Mark's American Cuisine, which is literally six blocks, maybe five blocks from Underbelly. In an old church that was built in the 20s, 1920, uh, 1927, I think and had been a high-end restaurant for 20 years and i was like yeah i, I want to see it I, I don't want to do anything there but i want to see it mm. and it, they were like okay so i come back we go and tour it look through it mark's there he's showing me everything he's like i'm just i need a change i need to go he's like all right hurt um and the real estate guys were like we need to meet with you after this mm. and i was like okay and so we go down to Hay Merchant, we're sitting there talking, and I was like, I could probably do something really cool in there. It'd be fun. It's a cool building. Because you go walk in, it's a church. Sure. Like, there's a choir loft. Sure. There's, like, where the organ was. Like, the wine room is up top. It's, it's beautiful. Um, and they said to me, well, this is kind of a real estate thing, so uh, we really would just need somebody to go in for two years. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, you know, it's a turnkey restaurant. You can just, like, you can use all the plates. You can use the equipment. Like, just, you know, change the name and go. You guys could open in a week. And I was like, eh, it doesn't work like that. Thanks you so much. I'm done. Like, you wasted yeah, yeah, like, yeah, a good part of my yeah, day. Yeah. And, I, and I, I walked off, and all of a sudden, this dumb idea pops in my head. 
And sometimes I need to think before I say things, but I turned around and I was like, I'll do it for five years, but I'm going to close it once a month. I'm going to close it um, in August and we're going to change the concept every year for five years. And they looked at me like, <laughs> what did you just say? And I was like, I'm out. And I called my, my fiance or my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, um, who does PR for us. And I said, shouts to the wife. Yeah, and I was like, hey, um, and we had just had the conversation in our relationship about how do you not be there until 11, 11.30 every night, six days a week? Like, how, yeah. how do you start to back out and let your crew run it and whatever? And so I knew it was going to be an automatic no. Like, and I was like, hey, what do you think about this idea? I just pitched, you know, these guys, I just went and looked at this building and this is what I came up with. And she's like, it's brilliant. And I was like, oh, Jesus. What are we? <laughs> and everybody's like, yeah, it's kind of smart. And, you know, but it gave us the opportunity to expand and give people new roles and let people do what they were going to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we opened up One Fifth. And we had a hard time with the name, but we were like, finally, Lindsay actually says, well, One Fifth. Everything is One Fifth of the concept. Sure. Every year. Five years, One Fifth. I was like, all right, cool. Now it's actually like one tenth because we've changed yeah, it yeah, so yeah. many damn times. Um, but so, what 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 has it been? Maybe, so the yeah. first year was we did. I, I never wanted to open a steakhouse because, quite frankly, they're always kind of boring. They're the same things. Yep. Uh, you kind of know, and that was perception. And no offense to people that have steakhouses, sure, sure. love them, right? But you go in and you're like, I'm gonna get a, a, a wedge salad. I'm gonna get a, a fillet or a ribeye. It's gonna be Cream the same spinach. way. The plate's gonna be nine thousand degrees. I'm going to get some cream spinach, maybe some asparagus, and then I'm going to get a chocolate cake, whatever. And so we sat back and thought, like, well, what would it be if you came to our house on a Sunday night and we did a steak night, right? What would that look like? What would the music sound like? What would, what would um, service be like, right? And so um, we kind of took all that philosophy, like doing seafood towers, like, you know, they're always like, you got to take a shower after you do seafood tower somewhere. So we wanted to not do that. We wanted to have everything composed for you. We want to cast iron sear steaks. And when I told, you know, people that own steakhouses that we were going to do, they were like, that ain't going to work. Like, there's no way you can do that. Like, you need a broiler. And it's like, nah. We're <laughs> cast iron searing. We're butter basting. We're throwing garlic and thyme in it. It's going to be a beautiful steak. Um, and so that's what we did. You know, and the music went anywhere from, you'd be sitting there one minute. It's Metallica. And then you're sitting there and you're like, is that Billy Squire? Yeah. And yeah. then next minute you're like, Bun B's playing right now? Yeah. Because like, yeah. yeah, this is what, we ha what you would hear at my house. Sure, absolutely. Right? And that's what we wanted to portray. Um, and so we did One Fifth Steak and we really liked it. And so we started looking for a spot. Um, and <laughs> then Hurricane Harvey comes through. Right? And really puts a, a really toll on our city. Uh, but it happens one week before we open One Fifth Romance Languages, which was uh, a fine, uh, high-end focus on French, Italian, and Spanish. Um, and that kind of set us back a little bit. Like, the city went through a real big funk at that point Yeah, in time. I remember that time. You know, very, um, very sad time. In the it was. It was hard. It was a hard year. Yeah. Um, Houston's gone through a lot. Yep. A lot. Yep. Um, They're survivors, though. Yeah. And then... Uh, then it became the concept like, well, I, I sat back and I looked at it and I was like, why am I going to go drop $6 million into a build-up project when I know that I can't, because at that time, like when we opened Steak, I'd, I'd start off at Underbelly and I'd have the Underbelly Chef coat on and then I'd have another one in my car and I'd go change into that and that was the one-fifth one and I'd run down the street and then I'd go back and forth to change every time. And finally, I was like, hey, can we just get me a chef cut that doesn't have anything on it? Because, <laughs> like, I'm tired of changing. Uh, and so it was like, well, we need to promote people to run these restaurants, right? So I don't do that. Um, and then it just got to the point where if Underbelly, you know, we had to be there every day. It was so much, you know, because you're talking about whole animal and product every day. Like changing the menus and it became hard. And if, sure. if I wasn't going to be there every night, it just didn't feel right yeah. in my head, right? Yeah. And so I, I said, you know what, let's just gut underbelly and turn that into the steakhouse and underbelly be done and that was probably one of the hardest decisions that Rest in peace. I had to I had to run in my head but then halfway through that process 
I know this is where it gets hard. Uh, there was a restaurant that was like 70 seats in the middle between the two that closed. And I was like, we're going to move Underbelly there. Mm. And so Which we're going to do UB Preserve. Because yeah. we were preserving what Underbelly is and will always be. And, but they don't do the whole animal because it's so small. Uh, so we gutted Georgia Jane, or we gutted Underbelly. <laughs> we closed it on April 1st of 2018. April 1st, 2018. Opened and this up. was not April Fool's. No. Oh, it was. It was, but it wasn't. Like, oh, yeah. Then we opened up UB Preserve May 10th of 2018. And then we opened one fifth Mediterranean September 1st of 2018. Then we did Southern Smoke, it's our crazy. foundation, and then opened up Georgia James, which Georgia James is my mom and my dad's name. I just dined there the other night. It was beautiful. Yeah. And then opened up Georgia James like October 15th of 2018. You know, it's funny. I want to go back for a second. You say, we, we, just breeze over. We say Nebraska. We say Tulsa. We say Houston. Yeah. It's like you come to Houston, but now you're a part of Houston. Right? I'm not going anywhere. No, no I'm saying you're, yeah. you're a part of Houston, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, like, it's like you embedded yourself here. Um, I love how, you know, anybody could open up a restaurant. Not many people could curate a menu, curate a, 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 a culture, curate a lifestyle. You know, you're successful now, but when you think about it, when did you think like that, like you arrived, you were like, oh, you know what? Like, and this could be years ago, mm-hmm. like, you know, that you're like, hey, people really mess with what I'm doing. And, 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 and this is, this is real, you know? I don't know if I've ever come to that conclusion. That's real. That's, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think I, I don't think there's a point where I'm like, ha, I made it. And I, and I think that that is, I think people will, in my mind, I think people look at me and think I'm an idiot. <laughs> and no, just no, like, no. what are you doing now? And it's like, but there's a very precise, I mean, for the most part, a precise plan that we instill into things. And it's like, I, I understand it. And I have a really fantastic team around me that understands me with there's, if there's no risk, there's no reward. And so at some point, we'll extend that to like, okay, we're good. Right. And I think, I think we got about another, we got a bunch of stuff coming up this year. Um, so I think that, uh, in a year, year and a half, like I'm, I'm, I think as a group, we'll kind of relax for a little bit and then we'll look at the future. Yeah, man. But, I mean, listen, it's been some run. I mean, your journey has been special. I mean, you know, sometimes I think when someone's living their own journey, they don't see that, right? They're like, what, what are you talking about? I'm just getting up and I'm making food or I'm doing mm-hmm. this or I'm working out a building. But when you really think about it, like I said, you know, especially people, you know, like we were talking off air, you know, I go through a lot of meetings how many people go through meetings through sitting down and meeting at a restaurant, right? Um, The experience becomes bar none. You know, I think about like um, James Beard Ward and it's beautiful to say that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, do you remember like leading up to the moment of finding out that, you know, you know, and how how that felt to you? Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, so 2013, like, I don't like I don't really see here's the thing with me too is like I don't talk about it I know because it's like weird to me 2013 was named Food and Wine Best New Chef and then um, 2013 was nominated for a beard made the finals and I was like wait what <laughs> you know I'm not ready for this <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? I'm just not yeah. I'm not I'm yeah, not in that place I'm not in the right place for that and, and, and I'm glad I didn't win it that year mm. um, and in 2014 uh, went through the whole process again you know, the nerves, the ups and downs, and then, you know, sitting in New York at Lincoln Center and, you know, you hear your name called out. And I, I didn't write a speech. Like, everybody else is up there pulling no, you know, things yeah. out. And, like, <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't write anything, you know. Oh. But I was like, man, this is for our city. And like, sure. oh, I'll never forget. I, I gave a – I don't even remember what I said. Off the be, top. Not even remember what I said. And I walked All off hot. stage and I was like – I looked at – Danielle Balud was standing mm. there. And he's like with a glass of champagne. He's like, Chris. And I was like, I didn't thank my parents. Can I go back out and do that? And he's like, no. And I was like, damn. Okay. So I called my folks real quick and I was like, I'm so sorry. But yeah, that just happened. And I did, I, I'm going to thank you personally. So That's awesome. Hi, this is Armando Sante. It's my great pleasure today to be on the Premium Pete Show, to be being interviewed by the legendary Pete Gibraltar. I hope you enjoy it.
as much as I will. Internets, this podcast is supported by Hendrix, a uniquely curious gin created from 11 fine botanicals and oddly infused with rose and cucumber. It's perfect for creating undeniably peculiar but utterly delicious cocktails. Internets, let me tell you something. When you start talking about rose and cucumber and all this type of stuff, I love this stuff, okay? Now, I want you to understand this. It's designed for the curious. Hendrix provokes the imagination and rewards those who enter with surprise and wonder. To learn more, I want you to visit HendrixGin.com. That's H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S-G-I-N.com. Or go to Drizzly, D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and use promo code Cucumber and Rose. Again, one more time. That's Cucumber. That's C-U-C-U-M-B-E-R, the ampersand, the and sign, for those who don't know. Rose, R-O-S-E. For $5 off your first Drizzly order. That's Cucumber ampersand Rose. Listen to me. Please enjoy the unusual responsibly Hendrix Gin, 44% alcohol by volume, 2021, imported by William Grant & Sons Incorporated. New York, New York. Check them out. And now let's get back to the show. Cheer. You know, when parents, when parents, parents sometimes, is another thing. You know, parents, sometimes they don't really know what their son or daughters do. Like, even though they know, okay, you're a chef mm-hmm. or a restaurant, they're like, you know, for a while, like, you know, I'd be traveling here, Japan here. My mother would be like, you know, are you making any money? Like, yeah, what do you think? Right? We're going to Japan for nothing. But, you know, and to show her some success, you know, or to invite her at places, you know, was, you know, I'm, I'm a big family guy. And, 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 you know, you can never repay back mom and dad for yeah. a lot of their love and support. Um, but I like that I'm able to show them, like, look, okay, like, you know, have to make them proud. Seeing me proud makes them proud, yeah. you know. Um, so that, that, that's beautiful. But when you think about it, you know, I'm sure the James Beard Award, or was it even before that they felt like Chris? You know, you're really doing this. They've yeah. always been really supportive. That's beautiful, um, and that's and that's the thing. And and, and I and I, I think like if we were to if I I won't I don't want to, I don't, never mind I shouldn't say that like I'm never gonna have kids but like I look at people with kids and it's like man the kids are so driven you sure. know and it's like I look at it like the system is not I don't think it's right right. That you go through school, you go through high school, and you have to decide at an age of like 15, 16 what you want to do. What you want to do for a life. And I don't think you can fully grasp that. I think there needs to be a little bit of time. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm the guy that k- got kicked out of Tulsa Junior sure. College. Sure. Like, nobody gets kicked out of a Tulsa Junior College. It's one that you just pay and you go. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like a night school. Like, it's not like. It's not even something you should get kicked out of, but they're like, maybe you shouldn't come back. Yeah, but take they, some they, time off. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm just giving you money, and I'm not coming. Yeah, to class. exactly, exactly. I don't want to learn biology. I don't want to learn like these and things. Like that's not my jam. Did and they so, let you know too that like you, that? Not so many words, but like if you don't finish this class or if you don't do that, that you're not going to really amount to anything. You know, I've got school. Yeah, school, not my parents. No school. Yeah, yeah uh, school. I mean, you need to learn this. Like what for? Calculus, they told me. When the hell are you going to, when did you use calculus last? Never. And I traded commodities for many yeah. years. I worked in Wall Street when I was very young for many yeah. years. I never did calculus. I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't get it, right? Uh, history, yeah, cool. Because if you don't know where, you, where you've been, then you're never going to know where you're going. But like, I, I probably should have paid attention in like computers and typing. But I, now I like, I couldn't start a spreadsheet if I had to. Sure. But you know what? Have people around you that can. Sure. Be the person that could build the company that does that, and then like, I don't really answer emails that well. I you know, text me, I'll call you know, call me, we'll talk. But I don't want to start a spreadsheet for anything. <laughs> nor do I want to read one. Just yeah, tell yeah. me what it says and let's keep going. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and it's maybe not the best business sense, but like, hey, listen, you you seem to find great teams yeah. and people believe in you, and the journey has been special. And I think that just having the right people to do the right well, things. You don't have to know no. everything. No, it's funny because people will be like, you don't know how to start a spreadsheet. You don't know how to tie a tie. And I'm like, you know how to break down a pig? Exactly. And like, no. I'm like, what's the same yeah, what, thing what to we, me, man? What are we talking about like, here? Can you sear steaks all night long? I don't know. Like, I don't need to tie a tie. That's not my, that's not my life. But. Late night snacks. Chris Shepard. What are do I any? like? 
And we're gonna get to the squirrels in a second because these guys, because <laughs> these guys, these guys eat better than some people. Oh, man, uh, late night snacks. Um, and I just eat a sandwich, you know, peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> <laughs> I like ham, and turkey. I'm a big club sandwich person. I don't make them, but I love them. Um, we make them at the tavern now, but. Uh, yeah. Now, what about like mozzarella? You a big like pot? What about Italian food? Like, what's your thoughts like? From, from, so, me being an Italian. Yeah. This is the funny part. You're probably gonna look at me like I'm an idiot because most like whatever. Uh, so one fifth we did. Um, we started off with steak. Yeah. Then we went to Romance language, and like I had to go to Northern Italy and Rome, right, to start to understand because with pasta, like I I didn't grow with it. Right? I grew up with Italian American pasta, right? Red sauce. Yep. That you know Marinara. Yeah. But like I didn't grow up with like perfectly rolled plain with butternut squash and black truffle. Like I didn't grow sure, up with sure. that. So I had to understand that. And what I understood that like I have bratwurst for fingers and so rolling pasta <laughs> is not a thing for me, right? I'm just not good at that. Um and, and so I just it kinda shut me down. But like if we're gonna do a carbonara, I'm gonna go to Rome. Mm. And I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna have carbonara from the yeah. places that ha- make it the best. And we're gonna like, and so when we came back, we did that restaurant. Like, if we didn't have this pasta, if we didn't have guanciale that we made, because oh, I'm not using bacon, I'm not gonna use bacon. Yeah. If we don't make the guanciale, if we don't have the eggs that are perfect, yeah. and we, it, it was an ingredient-driven thing, then we just won't make it. Right? I'm not that, putting right? peas in it. I'm yeah. not putting yeah. anything else in it. I'm not gonna put grilled chicken on it. It's gonna be perfectly made bowl of carbonara where you temper egg yolks in a plastic bowl because you can't do it in a pan because that'll scramble the egg yep. yolk. and so like the thought process is that's to me like Italian right and that's not always the case yep and so then we did um, one fifth uh, Mediterranean with a focus on Eastern Mediterranean <clears throat> and then year four was uh, Gulf Coast and then we went through the pandemic, and right as right as uh, we're getting ready to change over Gulf Coast, we talked about uh, we had 18 months on, left on the lease, and so I was like, we're going to do lightning round, mm. and people are like, what? I was like, we're just going to fire off things. We've never, you know, I we have a 30 year old wood burning oven, no gas assist on it. You come in, you start the fire, and you make that fire work as a pizza oven. We've never cooked a pizza in it, so we need to. Right, at some point. Then the pandemic comes through. That doesn't happen. We go back to one fifth Mediterranean because it was like a really good to go food. Mm-hmm. The hummus and the salad and all the things you could get, you could just keep it in your fridge. And we came back. It's like we needed to go um, Southern Comfort because where are we at in time right now, people need some comforting. Sure. Things. And so because we found that like people didn't really want healthy. They're all eating baked pasta and like. You know, it just like you need something like a big hug, and so we came back with Southern Comfort, and we just changed that, and we're doing Georgia James Tavern right now because we have a spot downtown that in July we will open up, kind of a smaller version of Georgia James, but a um, where you can go in and eat every day where it's got a good burger, it's got a good club, a club sandwich, yep, right, um, a good fish dishes, salads where it's not like you know you you commit to Georgia James that's a steak that's a big thing right you know it's a big dinner sure sure so I wanted the everyday thing but um, so we do that for three weeks in three weeks we shut that down and one fifth becomes red sauce Italian I'm ready for that. <laughs> I'll tell you, I had these so, uh, you know, fried like the linguine and clams and like, like all of it, chicken parms. But, and it's just, that's what I grew up with. So let's just focus on that. Let's fire, let's, let's create an amazing dough. Let's get an amazing pizza dough and just do one pizza out of that oven. I love that. You know, I can't, I mean, listen, you know, um, it's funny when you mention um, carbonara, one of my favorite dishes. Um, I used to get it uh, always with fazili. Now I'm a big bucatini guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you like bucatini, yeah. but I love bucatini. Um, clams and clams and bucatini, uh, white clams and you know, um, I'm a big seafood guy. You know, over the years, I come from a big family, like I told you. Over yeah. the years, we eat so heavy. But people in, back in my hometown, and in, in I grew up in. Well, I didn't grow up, but my family was in, from Sicily okay. in Casamara. They don't eat like we eat here. No, right? it's a lot of very, shellfish. Yeah, and- yes, and it's it, and it's beautiful, and it's you know. But, um, you know, when you think about these dishes, 
and I remember my grandmother, and it's funny, and I, I'll tell you off here, but I actually have my own sauce uh, that I released last year. Oh, awesome. It's a marinara sauce. Um, Maybe I need to use it. Sold all over. It's crazy. We sold, we just did it online. We're working on getting it in stores. But uh, it's, it's, it's that recipe that's, it's, you could smell the homemade, right? You can't recreate this, this uh, uh, feeling. And, and the inspiration comes from grandma, 100-year-old mm. recipe. My grandfather taught her. You know, back when a lot of men in Italy cooked yeah. and, 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 and taught a lot of different women, um, it was a great partnership. When you think about all you have achieved and you think about some of these amazing chefs out there, I mean, there has to be some inspiration and people that you looked up to, you know, growing up or, or that probably are even your friends now, which is probably yeah. even crazy. We, you know, these are your peers, but before you were on the outside looking in. I mm -hmm. mean, isn't that something that you find like fascinating? Like you've made friends in food. Yeah. Yeah. I think the link group in New Orleans, um, you know, the, the Herb Saint and Cochon and, and uh, you know, Pesh and Gianna, like those guys were... You know, that's a group that I've always looked sure. up to um, just because it's like you've got four restaurants and you've got five beard awards. Like, that's impressive to me, right? Every chef that opens a restaurant gets a beard award. And it's like, how does that work, you know? And it's like, but, you know, I finally, one of my good friends is, is Ryan Pruitt, who is the Pesh. Uh, he owns, he's a whatever partner at Pesh and the chef there. Um, we just become friends over the years, and you know I'll never forget going to New Orleans. I went and did a dinner, and I was there by myself. And I went, and I was sitting at the bar at Cochon having lunch, and the chef from there, Steven Szczynski, comes up, taps me on the shoulder. He's like, "What are you doing in town, man? You didn't call?" And I was like, "No." And he's like, "Donna Link and I are getting ready to have lunch. Just come sit with us." And it's like, at that moment, like Donna Link is like, you know. Sure. Like, I mean, to me, like Southern cuisine, like he's there, and just sitting and having lunch with them, and like going over like how business runs, and and like every time I go down there, now that's what it is. But now they're all really good friends, and so it's like, in fact, to the point that like Ryan, um, I told my I told my wife on Christmas Day this year, when I get, we, she said no presents. I gave her one present, and I gave her my wedding ring, mm. and she's like, "What are we doing?" I was like. We're going to New Orleans tomorrow, and Ryan's marrying us because he's just become a friend to both of us. And so it was. Uh, That's beautiful. Yeah, it was cool. Just in a little bar. That's went, beautiful. In a hotel. Hey, listen, food, man. It, you know, you need it because you're hungry. Yeah. Some people get hangry. Yeah. But sometimes it's it's love, right? It's yeah. it's art. It's it's it's. You know, I love that when something can become. That's why I mentioned peers. Like it's funny mm -hmm. how these people become. Your peers like this one. You may like I may mention a macaroni. You're like oh, I know those guys. You know, yeah. it's like it's so weird how these become um, your thing. Listen, I, I tell you, Houston. Um, being a Brooklyn guy, this is like my second home. The Southern hospitality. I always make a joke. I grew up in Brooklyn. If you buy a brand new Benz, uh, they're probably like, oh, I think he owes me twenty dollars. Look at this guy with a new Benz. <laughs> in Houston, they're like, eh, congrats. Let me fill yeah. up the tank for the first yeah. time. You know, or like you know, let me. Or whatever, right? You know, it's just more received, and and that southern hospitality is real, yeah. and that happens in these restaurants that you yep. that you founded, uh, curate, and still curate to this day. Um, listen, you're coming to Houston. You're in Houston. Um, you go to a Chris Shepard restaurant. Um, it's a must. It's it's it's, it's not something that. Uh, you know, you, you beat around the bush. Make a reservation yep. and, and enjoy yourself because it's an experience. Uh, what a, as we end this and wind this down, um, and what a journey it's been for you. And, and, and like I said, I just wanted to let people know who may not know yeah. who you are and the people who do know you, maybe to learn a little bit more. Yeah. But, I, well, I, yeah I think there's one thing, like the one thing that we haven't talked about, and I think, you know, the restaurants are super amazing and that's, it's a cool thing. But I think uh, Southern Smoke... Uh, I don't even know if you know what Southern Smoke is. Yeah, explain um, to me, yeah. So Southern Smoke was something, if we were doing these dinners a long time ago in 2015 um, to raise money for culinary scholarships. And a friend of mine that was doing the dinners with us, he's a sommelier, he came in after we did the dinners, <clears throat> put a kid through school. It was awesome. Uh, full ride through culinary school. But uh, he came to me and said, hey, uh, can we do a dinner and, and put the money towards MS? Put it to the MS society, and I, I said, "Yeah, but why?" And he's like, 
I got diagnosed with MS last week. He's like, I'm cool, but I want people to understand and I want people to check on me. He's like, because we just lost a chef um, about five months before that to MS because he didn't talk about it. Yeah. And so Antonio's like, I want people to know I have it. I want people to talk to me about it. Um, and so I said, yeah, 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 we'll throw this party. We'll figure it out. And it turned into, I called Aaron Franklin and Sean Brock, Rodney Scott, and I was like, can we, Sean and Rodney, can you guys do low country cuisine? And Aaron and I will do Texas cuisine. We'll do this dinner. We'll raise $20,000. Nice. Hopefully. Um, and then it turned into a bigger thing. We ended up throwing a, I went to the mayor's department of special events and they said, what are you doing? I said, I told them, said, well, this is what's going to happen. We're going to give you our stage so you can have music. We're going to give you all of the infrastructure, the people, and they're all going to give you a deal. <laughs> I was like, okay. So it turned into, um, and we're blocking off all the streets around the restaurant. Okay. And they said, wow, that's some support. And so um, we, I called those guys back. I was like, look, I, I don't know how to tell you this. But I think we went from doing a party for 100 or 200 to 1,000. And they're all like, yeah, no problem. This would be great. And so, <laughs> um, you know, Bun played that year for us. He, oh, it, nice. was, uh, it was, uh, he, I didn't tell anybody. Oh, you just made him show up? I didn't tell anybody, and he closed the show out. It was awesome. Um, but we uh the goal was i wanted to write a check to the ms foundation for a hundred thousand dollars wow and that year we wrote um we wrote him a check for 181,000. wow year two we invite more chefs 284,000. year three hurricane harvey comes through and it uh i changed the focus i said we can't do this to ms we have to figure out a way to put money in the hands of people in the hospitality industry in this time of crisis so uh, we figured out an application process in a way that people could apply English, Spanish, and Vietnamese um, to where uh, they could apply, tell us what happened, like they lost their house, they lost this, they couldn't get to work, like they lost their job, whatever it may be. Um, farmers, ranchers, and I, I didn't care if you worked through a drive through if you worked high-end, if you delivered milk, stocked wine, I don't care. Pulled the cheese, whatever, right? Um, and we took in 200 and 50 applications and we were able to grant 139 families after the process went through because there was a verifying committee and then an awards committee. Um, we, we granted 139 families half a million dollars. Wow. So we continue to do that. Wow. Um, and this is where it really gets into it because we set it up the foundation that you could, you know, it was really based in a Houston format to where every year we just built money. We put money to you know, like we had a kid that was in a motorcycle accident. The hospital said he was done. No more insurance. He just had his fourth brain surgery um, and he needed a check. His mom was told to put him into a facility, a rehab facility to help him be able to learn, walk, speak, or she could put him into a hospice and watch him die. And they had two days to figure out how to do that. <laughs> and uh, we'd just done the festival and, uh, we got that call. She, a intern on the on the floor at the hospital was reading the paper, and it, it, we just had the festival, so there was an article in there about the festival. And she said, "Maybe you should try this," because her son that was in the mm -hmm. accident ran a little pizza and wing shop out outside the city. Um, but everything aligned up perfectly. We walked in, wrote him a check for a hundred thousand dollars to get him into the to, to the uh, rehab, rehab facility. And so Danny's still here with us. He's still working on things, but his mom didn't have to watch him pass. Let me um, tell you, let me tell you, not to cut you off, you yeah. know, uh, you know, they say everything's bigger in Texas and even, even the hearts, you yeah. know, that, that's special. And I think that food is good. Money is good. You know, popularity is that, you know, care about but any doing of something for somebody else yeah. lasts longer than you'll live. You know, it you does. gave somebody more. And you know, so that's special. when COVID came, um, we were set up and we went from a local foundation to a national foundation really quickly. Um, and so I, I go back to that 250 applications and at this point. I mean, it's kind of slowed down, which is great, but we went to uh, 35,000 applications. Mm. And so we went from two employees to 40 employees 
Um, we hired um, so many caseworkers that people that had just gotten let go of their restaurants, and most of them, almost all of them, are in the hospitality business. Um, we're down to you know those people have now since gone back to work, but we now have gone from two full-time employees to I think uh, twelve full-time employees. Um, but over the past year, since March of last year, uh, we've been able to grant over three thousand families um, seven point two million. Wow. So it's a beautiful, just from, just from generous donations from people. It's but, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Let me ask you something. Is there a website that people go to see all the uh, uh, establishments? So Underbelly Hospitality mm-hmm. is the website for that. And then Southern Smoke is our foundation. You know, also, um, as we got a chance to view the beautiful home, we've seen a lot of toys. Yeah. Smokers. Yeah. Uh, uh, first generation. Uh, uh, I mean, can, yeah. can you tell us about like? I mean, do, do you consider them toys? Like, honestly, I do. I consider them toys. Yeah, because um, I have this philosophy. Like, I don't ever want to do a barbecue restaurant. Right? Yeah, that's just outside of my realm. It gives me high anxiety. I don't know how people can um, like, like you know, every time you cook a rack of ribs or something like that, they're different. Right? How do you le- gain a level of consistency yeah, and the quality control? Talk- and brisket, right? You spend 14 hours cooking the thing. If it's not right, what are you going to do? You got 200 people online, right? I can't handle that anxiety. That is a lot, yeah. I'll let the people that do that for a living love doing that. They can do it all they want. I, I don't. But I like to do it here. Um, and then there's a live fire. Th- yeah, there's like five grills outside. I, I mean, it's, uh, it's special. Listen, um, as we uh, wind this episode down, the yep. last thing I think I'm going to see, uh, food hacks. Is there any food hacks, meaning like things that you know, like you may say like, listen, that you like that you could recommend to people. I mean, just being somebody who's so well-versed in food, mm-hmm. is there something that you think people should try or that you like to mix or, you know, anything? So I think understanding fish sauce is probably one of the, one of the great things. I mean, even, you know... Um, it, 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 you can hide it, right? People are like, oh, it's fishy. Yeah, but if you use it in a brine or if you use it as a, so, a sodium component or, or um, like even in like you do a, a mussel or a clam and pasta, like clams and linguine, a little bit of fish sauce, perfect. Mm. And then you got white wine, you got butter, you got everything you need, but it's just, it gives it that kind of funky umami. But the other thing is like when people cook their meat, my biggest thing, you just talked about brisket, right? You spent 14 hours cooking a brisket and then you're going to take it off the smoker and you're going to take it in your house and you're going to start slicing it well or if you cook a chicken right you finish the chicken it's hot you start cutting into it and then you got to grab all your towels and you're 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 wiping up all the all the juices you know let your meat rest Mm. and people get so weirded about brisket takes like two hours to rest put it in a cooler yeah let it take a nap ribs in the cooler turkey just let it go Chicken in the oven, just let it sit. Steaks, let them sit. Because um, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Mm, mm. Once it's on the cutting board, it's not going back in the meat. <laughs> you, now you have a dry ass anything. Now that is a life gem. You can't yeah. put the toothpaste back in the, uh, yeah, back t- in the tube. Back in the tube. It doesn't work. Hey, listen, man. Um, it's been an honor, a pleasure to sit down with you, go over your journey. Um, you. It's still mm-hmm. actually, it's, it's, it's funny. When we talk about journey, people are like, wait, I still have a lot to live. Yes, yeah. yes, because there's so many chapters and levels. But mm-hmm. I always say this, and you know, I've said it a couple of times, but a kid from Tulsa, a kid from Nebraska, a kid, yeah. you know what I mean? When you think about that, like to where you are today, that's special. It is, it you is. Know? That, 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 it's inspiring, you know, to be honest with you. Um, and, I think one of the greatest things is when like, the Tulsa world called for an interview one time yeah, and yeah. it was like we're gonna talk this is awesome like I've always wanted to be in the like the Tulsa paper yeah, the Tul- and it was like a story on baloney and I was like I'm cool with that let's talk about baloney <laughs> hey listen that, you know T- Tulsa did something you yeah. know but uh like I said before make sure you come to Houston you visit a Chris Shepard restaurant there's so many there'll be so many more um I look forward to more I, I look forward to this pizza so yeah. I gotta come down here and check this it's out it's gonna be fun but the one and only uh, the artist, the chef, and many more things, Chris Shepard. Thank, Thank you, sir. my friend. Appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, what an episode, man. I told you, I, I love the restaurateur episode. So many gems. Food is everything. Food is when you sit down and you have a business meeting. Food is when you talk, when you have convos. It's amazing how so much thing revolves around food. Um, and I love it. And I make sure I, I add it to everything I do. Not just only just to eat. 
in the sense of how dope it is and all different ethnicities. Listen, internet, okay? It's a great episode. Make sure you hit Chris Shepard up and let him know. Or go visit one of his restaurants. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Now, you want to advertise on the Premium Pete Show? Small business, big business, whatever. Email me, thepremiumpetshow at gmail.com. Again, thepremiumpetshow at gmail.com. You could advertise on my show. I could get you on a bunch of other shows. I also produce shows. If you want to learn, listen, internet, okay? You want to talk business? Or even if you just want to learn something, have a question for me, email me, thepremiumpetshow at gmail.com, okay? Make sure you follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Premium Pete. Um, on Instagram, Pete's Pasta Sauce. Follow whatever I got going on, but more importantly, Pete'sPastaSauce.com. Continue to tell a, tell, tell a friend to tell a friend. It's a 100-year-old family recipe, okay? And I, it was passed down to me, and I'm passing it down to the internet. Peace and blessings to you and yours, and I'll see you next episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, on all, wherever you listen to podcasts, on our YouTube channel, and do me a favor. Tell a friend to tell a friend about the Premium Pete Show. Cheer. Peace.